making of the Lord's army. The making of the Lord's army. In the kingdom of God, we are meant to be warriors. And God anoint us to be so. If you are meant to be a warrior and the battle has already been decided long ago, the war has been won over, then you must know the making, your making. Every believer is not a civilian, is a soldier. You are meant to be enlisted in the Lord's army. The day you surrender to Jesus Christ, you are meant to be enlisted in the Lord's army. You are meant to be enlisted in the Lord's army. This evening, very quickly, I'd like us to understand that a lot of believers are not living a militant life. We are living like spiritual civilians. We think life is just a place that if you don't have issue with anybody, if you are a gentleman and a gentlewoman, nothing is fighting you. But you know something? When you are fighting nothing, something is fighting you. Devil does not want you to fulfill the purpose of God for your life. So you want to fight you at all costs. And that's why we don't have a choice but to be in the Lord's army. And being in the Lord's army is not automatic. You can't just go to the military and say to them, just put on your uniform on me and give me your rifles and just let me begin to let me begin to shoot you can't carry it it becomes illegal it becomes very illegal they will not even entrust weapons to an untrained hand weapons are dangerous in the hands that are not trained for it weapons are dangerous in the hands that are not trained for it. So, it's quite important that you know that you engaging, being enlisted in the Lord's army is not also automatic. You must understand that it has a demand. You are to be trained. You are to be equipped. And then, that is when you can go on to really fight and be a warrior that wins. So I want to bring before us very quickly the life of a general called Gideon. Many of us know his story in Judges chapter 6. 
they have been under oppression of the Midianite, the Earthmen, the Marauders. These people we always will always oppress them. Why? Because God handed them over to them. God handed them over to them because of their sin. You know, God can hand over a nation to the enemy because of the sin of a nation. Nigeria is a nation that needs national repentance. Nigeria is a nation that needs national repentance. I think that's a word for another time. So, the children of Israel, when they sin, God hands them over to the oppressors. They will oppress them. And at this very time again, the same thing happened and they began to oppress them. But God, when he saw that they were ready to turn back to him, he will raise for them a leader. But a leader alone cannot do it. That's why if you are looking at Nigeria today, of course we are believing God for right leaders. But a leader alone cannot really successfully do it. Every leader needs the right team. So Gideon was a leader a general that God was raising. He raised him. And Gideon was to go and deliver his nation. Gideon was not to do this alone. Gideon needed to go and raise, build the army that will fight the battle of the Lord. And when Gideon succeeded in doing that, as a matter of fact, you are going to see as I move on that 32,000 people gathered unto him, isn't it? And then we go now to the Bible. Judges chapter 7, verse 2. Judges chapter 7, verse 1, down. Then Jerubal, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him, rose early and camped beside the spring of Arod and the camp of Midian, and was north of them by the hill of Moreh in the valley. The Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianite into their hands. Let, lest Israel boast about themselves against me, saying, my own hand has delivered me. Are you seeing it there? So now, Proclaiming the ears of the men, saying, Whoever is fearful and trembling, 
Let him turn back and depart from Mount Gilead. And 22,000 of the men returned. But 1,000 remained. 10,000 remained. And the Lord said to Gideon, The men are still too many. Bring them down to the water. And I will test them for you there. And he of whom I say to you, this man shall go with you, shall go with you. Please take note of that. And he of whom I say to you, this man shall not go with you, shall not go. So he brought the men down to the water. And the Lord said to Gideon, everyone who laps up the water with his tongue as a dog, laps it. You shall set by himself. Likewise, everyone who bows down on his knees to drink. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, was 300 men. But all the rest of the people, that's how many now? 9,700. Bow down upon their knees to drink water. And the Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men who lapped, I will deliver you. And give the Midianite into your hand. Let all the others return, every man to his home. So the people took provisions and their trumpet in their hands. And he sent all the rest of Israel, every man to his home. And retained those 300 men. And the host of Midian was below him in the valley. Verse 9. That same night, the Lord said to Gideon, Arise, go down against their camp. Please take note. For I have given it to your hand. Now, very quickly, we want to look at what God looks for in selecting his army. If you are going to be a warrior for the Lord, what does God look for? In the story we have read now, I want you to practically see it there. How that there are many believers that are getting disqualified in spiritual warfare. They are getting turned back by their enemies. Just because of what you are going to be seeing now. And that's what we are looking at very quickly. I'm talking about the making of the army of the Lord. There is a song that I think the children normally sing. I hear that song from praise and all that. Are you in the Lord's army? How do you normally respond? Yes, sir. Are you in the Lord's army? 
Yes, sir. Now, when you look at some believers today, when they are asked, are you in the Lord's army? They will respond, yes, sir. But when you look into the lives of these people, you realize that those that are saying they are in the Lord's army, they are those that are getting defeated from time to time by the enemies. They are getting oppressed and yet they are saying, I'm in the Lord's army. So I have come to a conclusion that being in the Lord's army is beyond what you say. If you are going to be a spiritual warrior, it is beyond what you say. Being a warrior, being in the Lord's army requires a making. If you are in the Lord's army, then God will be winning with your life and my life. God said to Gideon, with 300 men, I will deliver <laughs> to your hand. So God was saying, with these 300 men, there will be victory. There may be few. Out of 32,000, 300, but I will give you deliverance. So you realize that every time we talk about that we are in the Lord's army, we must realize that it is beyond our words. So when you look at this man, out of 32,000, 29,000, out of 31,700, isn't it? 31,700 were disqualified. What brought about their disqualification? And what are we to learn from it in our time? It is quite important. So we are going to be looking at, I don't want to look at what happened to them like they are fearful. They are, I want to look at the positive side. So that's what I want to look at. How do you become? How do you become among the few, the 300 that God can get victory with? How do you become among the few in your generation that God can say in your family, I will get victory? In the church that you are, I will get victory. In your organization, I will get victory. Many a times we think God needs so many people to accomplish his purpose. But no, he doesn't need so many. God has not needed the multitude to accomplish whatever he wants to do. So how do you get enlisted? How? 
So we're going to be looking at the making of the Lord's army. Number one is that they are selected. The Lord's army are selected. They are selected. They are chosen. Look at 32,000 who desire to be when Gideon blew the trumpet. I discovered that it wasn't God in the first place who appointed them. The Bible says when Gideon blew the trumpet, they gathered unto Gideon. God did not choose them. God did not select them. They gathered. They felt, well, this is the battle of the Lord. And don't forget, they had a right, a very right mind to like, oh, the battle of the Lord is here. We want to, we want to be patriotic. We want to fight for our land. But you know something? When they all gathered, God began to say to Gideon, they might have gathered themselves by any desire, any interest, or whatsoever. But see, I am seeing something about these people that have gathered themselves. I have one thought with them. There are people who want to show up. There are people that at the end of the day, when the battle is over, they will say, by our strength, we have been able to do this. And I'd like you to understand something there. God's selection for those who will be enlisted in his army, they are not those who boast of their physical strength. They are first of all people who come to rely on the Lord. People who are looking for the glory of the Lord. So the first thing we are seeing here is that to be in the Lord's army, you have to be selected. And what is the first or what is the selection that qualifies us to be in the Lord's army, we must be born again. Anyone who is not born again has not been selected. So if that person wants to engage in any spiritual warfare, he's already defeated. So they are to be selected. And our selection is that we are now in Christ. We are born again. And that's why when you look at the Bible, every time you look at the scriptures, Apostle Paul, for instance, uses the word soldiers for Christians. So when you are a Christian, a moment you become a believer in Christ Jesus, you are being selected. You are being selected. You are being brought into the army of the Lord. 
Number two, which I like you to see in the making of the army of the Lord is that they must be tested. They must be tested. Before you can say, oh, I, I, I'm going to fight. I'm going to engage in spiritual warfare. There are certain tests that you are going to pass through. You are going to face. And you know, in this kind of equipping, we have been looking at the life of David. David who faced Goliath at a time and he brought him down. And we said, David did not respond to Goliath just as a first experience in his life. David had been responding to lions. David had responded to a bear. So David had been tested. So there is no way when you look at your life, each time we look at our life, many a times we want to say, Lord, why am I going through this? You may not know that God is actually taking you through a process of something ahead later. And we have always said it here, if you run away from a little challenge, how can you confront a bigger one? So we must be tested. I have loved to study Navy SEAL. Navy SEAL is a special force in U.S. I love them. Till two nights ago, I still studied them. And one thing I discovered about them is that their preparation is so hard. And that is why their operation is reliable. Their preparation, the way they are prepared, if you are going to be a Navy SEAL in U.S., the way you are going to be, your preparation is going to be so hard. But check them out. Their operation is also very hard. So spiritual warfare, becoming a spiritual warrior for the Lord, somebody who will fight the Lord's battle, you must be tested. Jesus himself, in Matthew chapter 4, the Bible says he was tested. So we are going to be tested. And the prayer is that may we always pass the test. And number three is that we must be approved. You are selected. You are tested. And then you must be approved. And the one who approves us in spiritual warfare is God. We cannot approve ourselves. You cannot see yourself. You cannot say, I am fit. The one who can approve you is God. That's why he said to them, See to Gideon, the ones that I will say to you, whom I will say that they will go with you, they are the ones that will go. Not the ones that you will say will go with you. This is quite important. So in the making of the army of the Lord, there is what we call selection. There is what we call testing. And there is what we call 
approver. You can't be approved until you have been tested. And you can't be tested if you are not selected. This is important. So what are the things that describes, that shows approval in the making of the Lord army? What are the things? What are the things that show that you have been approved to be a spiritual warrior? To be someone who can fight the battle of the Lord? Number one, you must be fearless. You know when 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7, when it tells us that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of sound mind. These three things are important to be an anointed warrior for God. Fear is demonic. Fear is tormenting. Every time a person operates under the spirit of fear, that person cannot please God. So God wants us to be fearless. The only one we ought to fear is God. So every time you look at those who join the military, the first thing they deal with in them is fear. They begin to introduce them to things that a natural, a civilian will be afraid of. For instance, a Navy SEAL, a Navy SEAL person, when they are going through their training and they are going through their preparation, they can ask them to, to use their chest to be crawling in a terrible wilderness. They go, they teach them how to be underwater. And they can be underwater for hours and for days. You are underwater for hours and for days. So when they are fighting and they get to a place that the enemy is targeting them and they see water, once they enter water, the enemy feels that they are dead. But underwater, they have been trained to survive under it. They have been trained to survive on the land. I once told us here that the mission that got down Osama bin Laden, the man used his chest. They were crawling. They were you know, fire for fire walking here. She crawling on me sure. Wash up for your washer, Abby. So they were moving up. 
with their chest. Eh? For a long time. I read about one of the Navy seas. He said there was a time he was going like that, you know, with his chest. Advancing into the camp of the enemy. And then, those enemies, he was in their midst too, but they didn't know. And they were going with vehicles. If they had spotted him, if they had spotted him, and it got to a moment, bullets were flying all over his head, but yet he was going. He was advancing until he reached a place. They have been proved to be fearless by training. That's why you can see them operate in the hair. And when certain things happen, by the time they will be coming down from the aircraft, come down and come down, these are the things that they don't just respond to. So every time we want to walk with the Lord and he's going to make us, to enlist us to be in his army, he will first train you to be fearless. That's why you keep saying, I mentioned that before in Joshua chapter 1, Joshua was to be a God's general. God was saying to him, be strong and be courageous. Be strong and be courageous. And do you know one of the things that they do to those who enlist in this army? They develop their internal boldness. So when God told Gideon, let those who are fearful, let them depart. How many people went back? 22,000. That tells you that most people around you are fearful. The most potent weapon in the hand of the devil is fear. I think we were told here during the retreat that Saul said, I was afraid. I was afraid that this war will come up. These people are already on me. Look at Matthew chapter 25. Look at what that man that received the talent, one talent, said, I was afraid and I went to bury it. A lot of people, fear had wrecked them. So if we are going to be in the Lord's army, we must be fearless. Whatever that is happening around you now, don't be afraid. Do you know fear has caused many people some terrible sickness? That before something will happen, so where do you think we have hypertension from? Where do you think we have heart attack from? Where do you think all these demonic things are coming from? Somebody just, somebody died of a reason that we know that he just got a news 
of his own friend, Abi, that died. They just they called him and said his friend died. And as he received the, the breaking news of the death of his friend, he came under heart attack. And by the time he went down, he was beside his car. By the time they were rushing him to the hospital, he couldn't make it. Some of the things happening now that the devil is doing, posing fear. Do you think your life will make any meaning? Don't you know this is how you are going to end your life? Don't you know this will happen? Don't you know a lot of people have gone out of the will of God because of fear? If you can overcome fear, wow, the Lord has helped you. Do you know fear is not just fear of not, of running away. It is fear that makes people not to speak the truth. It is fear that makes people not to live a righteous life. It is fear that makes people not to do what God wants us to do. Fear. Those who operate in fear, they cannot please God. So God said, let the fearful depart. 22,000 departed. I don't know how you have been under the torment of fear. Devil has been speaking to your heart, telling you, bringing suggestions. We are coming against that spirit of fear here today. Anytime somebody is afraid, it becomes a quick casualty in the battlefront. A quick Casualty in the battlefront. Fear. What was the thing they were planting in the heart of David that Eliab, his own brother, first planted in his heart? Fear. Fear. What was what, what they saw planted in his heart? He said, This Goliath, you are, you are a youth. He said, This Goliath has been a man of war from his youth. What was he trying to do? Fear. Anybody who is speaking fear to your heart is not from the Lord. Anyone that speaks fear into your heart is not from the Lord. Don't be afraid. Number two. What makes us to be approved? What makes us to be approved in the making of the Lord's army? We must be purpose-driven. We must be purpose-driven. Those that are enlisted in the army, they have only one purpose that drives them. And if you are to be enlisted, if you are to be made to be approved by the Lord, the only purpose that must drive you should be the purpose of the Lord. Look at what Apostle Paul began to say to Timothy. That no man is enlisted as a soldier that entangled himself with the things, the affairs of this world that can please the one who has enlisted him. So, entanglement 
what is an entanglement entanglement is divided purpose you you have a purpose that you are pursuing and then you are adding this you are adding that no that's why when you see those who in the navy seal they they just if anything happens to them they pay their family well because you cannot be at the battle and then be thinking about your family you have to be purpose driven the purpose that must drive you must be the purpose of the one who has enlisted you a lot of people today have become casualty in spiritual warfare because we are no longer pursuing the purpose of god we are pursuing the purpose of god with every other thing no we must pursue his purpose alone number three this is important to be approved in the lord's army you must be highly disciplined you must be highly disciplined in the military they don't take for granted in discipline the church has become in discipline place now and we are the lord's army <laughs> i just laugh you know, I laugh at myself sometimes too. I say, are you sure you are in the Lord's army? <laughs> I, I told you, praise will be singing. We are in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's a baby, the Lord's army. The Lord's army are highly disciplined. If human military power cannot tolerate in discipline, how much more God where we are facing a spiritual enemy in discipline. So if you are going to be approved in your generation, in my generation, that you are going to fight the Lord's battle, God will do great things through you. We are to be highly disciplined. When you check what Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, we must continue and continue to go back to it and to make it a watchword for ourselves. Before I begin to round off right now, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Look at what he said. <laughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 9 he said verse 27 but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. I keep under my body. I keep under my body. He didn't say I keep my body under. Did he say that? He said I keep under my body. I keep under my body. And bring it into subjection. My body is not my controller. It's not my master. You can't be a spiritual warrior if your body 
is your master. And do you know, God wants us to have the responsibility to do this. Apostle Paul did not say, I wait for the Holy Spirit to help me to keep under my body. It is the responsibility that you have to keep under your body. Your body should not rule over you. You must rule over your body. If you want to pray, your body will tell you that you should sleep. For instance, how many of us have been praying epileptic prayers? You will want to pray maybe in the night and you sit down and your body is saying sit down and we sit. And you are dozing. Abi? And by the time you know it, you are slept off. But somebody who keep under his body will say, body, see, we are going to pray for 30 minutes. And I am standing up. For the next 30 minutes, body, you will not tell me to sit down. I will tell you to stand up. That the G.O. Pastor Yadebue once shared at the time, he said every time he want to pray in the night, sometimes when he was at the motion, he said he will be climbing upstairs. Go down, come, go down, come, go down, come, just to be able to pray for the time he ought to pray. He could have sat on his bed, the edge of his bed, you know, most times when we want to deceive ourselves, we kneel beside our bed. You just kneel beside. <laughs> I said, body, this is another dimension of posture to sleep. It will be climbing. A man, Apostle James in the Bible, the one that wrote the book of James, they call him a man of camel knees. Camel knees. That man, we, he, at the end of his life, his knees became like a camel. Because he always kneel on the stone to pray. How do you see Elijah did when he wanted to pray? He put his head in his two thighs. These were men who knows how to subject. Put their body to subjection. Joseph knew. See, Potiphar's wife was the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful women in Egypt. But Joseph said to his body, you cannot control me, I will control you. Joseph was approved in the Lord's army. Samson was a powerful man, but a very highly indisciplined man when it comes to a woman. And you know something? He was toying with his own flesh. And I discovered something at the end of the day, he lost it all. A general in the army of the Lord now became a grinder. They plucked out his eyes because he was in Disciplined. See, discipline is not what we do to help other people. It's what we do to first of all help ourselves. We go nowhere if we are not disciplined. 
Alright, time is fast spent. But do you see what I'm talking about? Those army, the remaining 10,000. God said you are not fearful. But you know something? I will get you in the area of discipline. And I put something down here. I said two important tests in the Lord's army. Pain and pleasure. Pain and pleasure. Pain and pleasure. When you are tested with pain and you stand, you will be tested with pleasure. Many people, when they fall at the point of pain, the remaining that you think they are standing, they get them in the place of pleasure. May the Lord help and deliver us in this particular matter in the name of Jesus. Let's trust God to be disciplined, to be highly disciplined. If you are going to be approved, you must have a spiritual sense of urgency. A spiritual what? You can't be in the military and you don't have sense of urgency. We drag things. It's not possible. A spiritual sense of urgency. Many a times speed matters a lot. The military, if you ask them, they will tell you they don't joke with speed. See, when you take speed for granted, when you ought to take it highly, it can, it can ruin the whole nation. Not just the troop, the whole nation. So, in our lives, sense of urgency. For instance, Jesus was telling the disciples, he said, don't say, we have four months left. He said, look up. The harvest is already ripe. Go there. Go and make the harvest. Sense of urgency. And lastly, the most, if you are going to be enlisted, approved in the army of the Lord, <laughs> you must be like your commander. You must follow your commander. You must remain in the chain of command. You must remain in the chain of command. If we follow the instruction of our commander, you discover that we will be made, will not become a casualty. And with what I've shared with you in this time, I pray that that grace be released upon every one of us. In the battle of life, you will not be a casualty. I will not be a casualty. I don't know which of the approved making that you want to ask God for tonight. I don't know which one. Is he fair? Do you want to ask God to help you deal with fear? Have you been drifting, getting confused, aimless? Your heart has been drifting here and there. It's an attack of the devil. You are not purpose driven. It's an attack. It's an attack.
Have you been struggling with discipline? It's also an attack. Have you been procrastinating? You don't have a sense of urgency to do the will of God. You don't have a sense of urgency to pray. You don't have a sense of urgency to take the steps that God wants you to take. It's also an attack. Have you been disobeying a command? You don't even know what the Lord is saying to you. I want us to rise to our feet as we ask God for help tonight. I want you to pray, Lord, I am ready. I am ready to be among those that you are going to approve in your army. To win for you in my generation. Take away fear from my heart. Will you go ahead and pray and emphasize any particular area that you need to be made. Lord, help me to be purpose driven. Every attack of aimlessness. Every attack of confusion. Every attack of aimlessness. Devil is attacking many believers with aimlessness. Boredom. You are just bored. You don't know what you are just doing. You don't know whether this is what is driving you. You just don't know. You just know that you are aimless, aimless, aimless. I want you to pray and say, Lord, help me. Help me to be purpose driven. Let your purpose drive me. And I want you to pray for help in the area of discipline. Lord, help me to be highly disciplined. To be a highly disciplined to be a highly disciplined believer pray the prayer help me to be highly disciplined highly disciplined highly disciplined to discipline my body to discipline my appetite to discipline my sleep oh babaya Ella, my spending to be disciplined in the area of pleasure Lord help me pray for the sense of urgency that you will not be like Lord wife that I will not be like Lot wife. Oh, who looked back? Who dragged back? When they were trying to help her. The Bible says he looked back. Pray for help. Not to be like Lot wife. If you are like Lot wife. You can remain in the Lord's army. Oh, shalabayalabababados. for grace to be under authority under authority of your commander pray that your ears will be open to your commander our commander is the Lord Jesus Christ he is our commander pray that your eyes will be fixed on your commander 
the Lord Jesus every day, every time. Pray that your ears will be open to your commander, the Lord Jesus. Oh, Baba Baba Bayala Yagada Balakata Yadabaratia. Oh, Kobayala Rabba Babaya. Pray for grace not to be disqualified. Oh, in the Lord's army. Ayaba Rabba Lekata. Grace not to be disqualified. Pray, 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 pray. Jesus. Ile baboshata la babaranto lodobedi. E papa papa la kata la rosso prelebeledia. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, we worship you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. No matter how simple it is, what I've shared with you tonight, that is the making of those that God can use to accomplish his purpose in their generation. And may you and I be counted worthy in the mighty name of Jesus. I want to read the scripture to you and that scripture uh, I believe that that scripture is going to really help you. Oh, thank you, Father. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Act chapter 20. As we go, please, you can serve the bread and the wine. Please, as soon as you receive the wine and the bread, just hold on until all of us will be served. Act chapter 20. And I want you to see verse 22 downward. I have come to realize that I, I wrote something when I sent the flyer for the Maraba outreach for Saturday to people yesterday. That James A. Hallen, who wrote the book as a man thinking his heart said, Circumstance does not make men. It reveals them. Every time you are going through one challenge or the other, <laughs> it reveals you. Many a times, without certain fire, many of us will not know who we really are. You'll be thinking, can you imagine the 32,000? At the 22, the 20, 31,700. If they were not sent back home, they would still be boasting. And we also, we fought for the deliverance of, the, of Israel. But when they faced the heat, they knew who they were. Look at what Apostle Paul said. 
in Acts chapter 20 verse 22. And now, behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witness in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Verse 24. But none of these things move me. By the reason of the meal you will partake of tonight, you will become a person, a believer of none of these things move me. Pain will not move you anymore. Pleasure will not move you anymore. Pain will not move you anymore. Pleasure will not move you anymore. I was coming driving from somewhere today and a very bogus big new car was coming. Very close to me. Very nice car. Wonderful car. Sophisticated car. And I heard the Holy Ghost say to me, look at these things. He said, don't ever allow what people have to move you. I shared something with my wife this morning. What is wrecking many people, many believers now? I want to have this. Ah, when will I also ride a great car? When will I also ride car? When will I also have car in my life? And the Holy Ghost said to me, a lot of people are depressed today because these things move them. And he said something. He said, do you know a man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things that he possesses? Anytime you see people with big, abundant possession, do like this. It's nothing. How do I say you should do? Nothing. And the Holy Ghost was teaching me today. He said, in the church, you have misquoted John chapter 10, verse 10, B. That Jesus came to give us life and life abundantly. And every time you quote it, life abundantly is more cars. Life abundantly means more houses. More promotions. Far from it. Do you know what life abundantly in Christ means? It means the life of Jesus. Showing forth in your life. And what is the life of Jesus? Number one is light. He said in him was life. And the life was the light of men. So when you have his life in abundance, you are shining the light of the gospel. Sinners are turning to Jesus. You are impacting the kingdom of God. That's what life abundance talks about. Life abundance means peace. Peace. You have the peace of God. Life abundance means, ah, you are so mature in the nature of Christ that people look at you and they say, it's just like Jesus. In character, she's just like Jesus. Life abundantly is not more cars. Life abundantly not more houses. May none of these things move you anymore. May they not move you anymore. When they don't move you again, you begin to move them. Apostle Paul said, none does not move me. Pleasure does not move me. 
neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with what? With joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to do what? To testify of the gospel of the Lord Jesus. That is the life abundantly. Testify of the gospel of the Lord Jesus. As you partake of this meal tonight, none of the things moving people in this end time will move you anymore. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now the night he was to be betrayed after he has given thanks. He took the bread, he broke it, he said, take it. This is my body, broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Go ahead and eat the bread. Wait for us, for the wine, just eat the bread right now. Hallelujah. So he cannot take up the cup. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had stopped saying, this cup is the new testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. What is your prayer tonight? Lord, things that are moving others, bringing others down, don't let them move me anymore. Will you pray that prayer with me? Things that are moving others. Bringing them down. Bringing them into worry. Into anxiety. Into shame. Into limitation. Bringing them into defeat. Don't let them move me anymore. In the name of the Father. The Son. And the Holy Spirit. That's your prayer as soon as you drink. Will you go ahead and pray that prayer right now, everybody? Please pray with all your heart. The things that are moving others, bringing them down. Oh, Babaya la Gadabala Rasheta Yalabaha. Oh, Kabaya la Katebele Baragadadosha. Oh, Papa Lata la Barata Teledebea. What bring others down will not bring me down anymore. Pray with all your heart. Whatever disqualify others from being approved. As the army of the Lord, in the army of the Lord, they will not disqualify me again. What move others will not move me anymore. Lord, by your blood. And your body empower me from tonight that none of the things that the devil is doing in this world will move me anymore in the pralakataya la babara dayadala 
Now go ahead and pray. Lord, let my life count for you. Oh, ba 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 la ya la da ba ya. Let it count for the gospel of your son, Jesus Christ. Let my life, oh, count for you. Help me to preach the gospel. Help me, help me, help me, Lord. Pray that prayer with all your heart. Help me to preach the gospel. Help me to shine your light in the darkness of this world. Help me to bring souls to you. Use me, O God, for the advancement of your kingdom. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, we give you all the glory. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. By the authority that is in the name of the Lord, a dimension of growth in the life of Apostle Paul, <laughs> it came to a point in Acts 20, 24, he said, none of these things moved me. From this day, we receive grace to go to that dimension. Pains that have been moving others, you will be ruling over them from now. Pleasure that has been wrecking the journey of others from attaining to where God is taking them. You will not be moved by them anymore in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't know any weakness you are battling with. Any weakness I am battling with. That the enemy has been focusing on. To disqualify us from the lost army. By the blood of Jesus you have taken tonight. Receive power. To overcome in that area in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. Every day you shall remain victorious. In the battle of life you will not be a casualty. Every day whatever comes your way you will overcome it. Any temptation that comes your way by the help of the Lord you shall be overcoming it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Whatever you are passing through presently. Any battle that is facing you presently. The power to overcome that battle. Receive now. In the name of Jesus. So shall it be. Among those who will be counted worthy. As overcomers in heaven. None of us shall be found wanting in the name of Jesus. As you go, may the power of the Lord remain with you. When we see again, the name of the Lord shall be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed.